going to keep it on here. Where we going with this? Let me get my, embrace myself. Hold on. Amen. But, uh, you know, you can fall into the wrong company easily by being emotionally led uh, because somehow your ear is pleased with what you hear. So you have to be careful about that and, and careful in all things because we're coming into a time now where it's going to be easy for the enemy to deceive. The Bible says if he could, the very elect of God. So as we are believers, we are the elect of God. And so it's in other words, he says it's going to be a, a, a touch and go. You can easily step over the line if you're not careful. And so we have to learn how to be discerning and how to appreciate truth, how to evaluate truth by the spirit of God. Let God help you to discern what you are hearing and, and if it's for you and the validity of it. And so that God can keep you in a place where uh, you can grow, you can flourish, you can prosper. Uh, you'll never be disappointed. You'll always be in the presence of God and in the spirit. And, and if nothing else, know that God loves you above all other things. Amen. You, he, nothing can separate you from the love of God. I don't care what it is. So and, and the more he loves you, the more attention you should be willing to pay to him. Amen. Quit going down the same old roads looking for happiness and looking for love in all the wrong places. You know, I mean, there's so many wrong places. And then there's God, amen? He's always the right place to look for the things that you need. He will always love you. He will. He has already given his pledge of allegiance to you, uh, his blood, which was shed for you, period. And so anybody who does that for you, man, you should really love him. I mean, what more does it take to convince you of the love of God? And so we're going to talk about some about the love of God, but also about how to build a stronghold of faith. You want to build a stronghold of faith in your life. Uh, let the old strongholds be torn down. And so you want to build faith as a stronghold in your life so that you and your children can live. You and your family can live. You and your loved ones can live. You and the ones you hold dear can live because you are building a stronghold of faith in your life. You need to know that truth always wins out. Truth will triumph everywhere. You need a pen and something to write on, sweetie pie? Come and get this, and I'll give you this pad right here. Next time, hit Chuck up for some, for a, you know what I'm saying. Now, she got all kind of stuff in that store. You need to go in there. Tell her to give you the free stuff. You ain't paying for nothing. Because she got some free stuff up in there, too. So, <laughs> get the free first. That's what I always say. But, uh, yeah, truth will always triumph over everything. God's word is truth. The Bible tells us that he sanctifies us with his truth. So the truth that you know about God and you believe about God, and especially the truth that you operate in, that you put into practice, is what will help build that stronghold of faith in your life. So that when the fiery darts of the enemy come at you, your faith repels it, you know, just like a shield. Uh, you know, remember Wonder Woman with her little bracelets? <laughs> Well, that's what your faith does. You know, puts up a shield and a defense against 
what comes against you. That's why I tell people, I say, don't be sitting up listening to everybody's story they want to tell you. You know, you can tell from the first couple sentences if there's a lie coming out behind all of that or if it's first thing they want to do is play on your emotions, you know. Oh, you're so smart. You're so nice. You do this well. You do that well. No, it's really not me, honey. I, I paid a high price for God to help me like he does. You understand what I'm saying? And you can too. So, so truth will always triumph and win out and get victory for you. So everywhere truth is applied, it, it, even if it's fought for a season, it will come out victorious. And this is how you tell where God's working. If that, if that, what is established and what is said, if it comes out victorious and it establishes itself, it is truth and it is of God. Amen. And so we need to understand how important truth is. Truth comes from God's word. It comes right from the heart of God and from the mind of God. If you'll turn to Revelations 5, you'll see that truth triumphs everywhere. It's no respecter of person, color, uh, uh, mindset, background, culture. It, it, it affects everybody the same way. In Revelation 5, starting in verse 9, it says, And they sung a new song. Saying, now we sing a lot of old songs. You got me? Ooh, I never had enough love in my life. Ooh, pity me, pity me, pity me. Woe is me. That's an old song. You need to sing a new song. I am redeemed for the curse of my background. Huh? We all got a rough background. Amen. We all have rough beginnings and rough starts. But you've been purchased out of the power that used to bind you. Amen. Learn your freedom. I keep this uh, quote from uh, Harriet Tubman in my, in my 500 some odd photos. People say, how how you got so many photos on your phone? I say, oh, honey, I'm just a collector. If this phone ain't big enough, I give me some more memory in there. I'm a collector. But it's from Harriet Tubman, and she says, yeah, they tell me I freed a thousand slaves. She said, I would have freed a thousand more if they had known they were slaves. Huh? Would have freed a lot more if they had known they were slaves. See what I'm saying? So there are some people who have a very high vision of what truth is and what life is supposed to be about. And that comes from God. You know, she never could have gotten all those, those people out of there if God hadn't made a way for her. There were stations all along the United States going over into Canada to get slaves out of, even out of this country, over into freedom. And so we have to understand that there are so many ways that God can bring truth, bring freedom, and bring understanding. But the primary way is through his blood of his son. That's the way to get free and stay free. So they sang a new song saying... You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by the blood out of what? Every nation. Every. So nobody has a corner on God. Nobody can, can claim, uh, you know, and you'll find this in Christianity. We're always trying to claim a higher position than the next guy. I will find a way to do it. 
My faith is bigger than your faith. Look how much stuff I got. Yeah, but you know what? I know something you don't know. And that's nothing can separate me from the love of God. That the blood of Jesus paid for my soul. This stuff is going to be left here. I double dog dare you to take it with you. Amen. But I've got something that will take me through eternity. And that is a knowledge that God loves me. Amen. And that he died for me. And what a blessing that makes all the difference in the world in my life. And so he says they were been redeemed out of every kindred, every tongue and people and nation. And has done this. Now God has purchased us out of every nation to do something with us. Not just to sing, thank God I'm saved. Or, I mean, that's a good song, but there's even a newer song. There's a song of redemption. And then there's a song of restoration and establishment of us in godliness. So he has made unto us a nation of kings and priests. Hmm? And we shall reign on earth. That means that nothing is supposed to get you down. Nothing is supposed to overwhelm you and overtake you and be stronger than you are. You are to rule and reign with God. Amen. But there's a price to pay. You've got to pay the price with your spirit. You've got to learn how to live by the spirit. You've got to learn how to renew your mind to the things of God that you think like a king and a priest all the time. You can't be that just, ooh, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, I'm a king and I'm a priest, like you're putting on a Halloween costume. Hmm? I mean, seriously, that's not going to do... You might be somebody else for a day or for a couple of hours, but when the... In, 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 you know, Monday through Friday, 365, you know, 24-7, who are you? Are you a king and a priest? Do you reign over the devil's power? That he tries to put on you. Are you slicker than he is? Do you get up early and seek God and get in your word so that you can be slicker than he is? Amen. So that when he comes for you, you already got something for him. Amen. I used to read these little things. Christians, all the little Christianese throughout the years. Uh, uh, you know, you, you'd want to be the kind of Christian who, when the devil, in the morning, the devil says, oh no, they're up again. You know, well, what do you, what do you got to scare him with? What do you do three? I mean, that's good to say, but is that real? Is that your reality every day? Is he really scared of you or, you know, you play into his hands every time he puts something out there, you believe it. You understand what I'm saying? See, it's all in how you view yourself before God. That's what makes the difference. It doesn't matter what the devil says about you. It really doesn't. You know, I've had people come up to me and tell me some some things, and I know God told them. You understand? But I don't run around saying, oh, look what they said about God said about me to this person. Come on now. You know, that was something God told them, and, and it is probably true if God said it. But it's something that, that God told them to encourage their faith to trust me to do what God wants to do for them. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times we get hung up on the, the trimmings of stuff instead of the foundation and the reality of it. Are you building a stronghold of faith in your life? Or are you just barely getting by and hoping the devil don't know you up yet? Huh? Sneaking around, tipping around, 
all that kind of stuff, hoping he don't get wind of the fact that you haven't prayed and I don't know how long. <laughs> you haven't been in your word and God knows when. Huh? I see running away from him and hoping he doesn't notice. Come on, y'all. It gets tough sometimes. Sometimes you get in a rut and routine. You let the devil start speaking to your head. You know, well, this ain't happened yet and that ain't happened yet. But you know what, devil? I got God 24-7 and you don't. You were stupid enough to get kicked. Who gets kicked out of heaven? Everybody else is trying to get there. And that nut got thrown out already, never to return again. There's no hope for him. So he's trying to take as many crazy people with him as he can. You understand? That's why he's always trying to rent space in our heads and tell us what to do, what to think. And, ooh, look, you can't be doing that. Mm-mm, that ain't going to work for you. Huh? If it's worked for anybody, it'll work for you. Huh? There's no special people. There's no, un- that's the one thing I do love about God. If you get your eyes off of the natural, you'll find out he's no respecter of persons. You'll find it out. Quit looking at these people because they got 10,000 people in the church and we only got a handful. You know, that doesn't make them more special with God. Amen. It, it does not. It does not. You stay where God puts you and start applying yourself to knowledge and start doing the gospel. You just be faithful to do what God called you to do, no matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. Look at, you know, I look, sometimes I get so convicted. I read about the persecuted Christians and, and, you know, in a a house that's that, you know, all you can smell is oil fumes. And they believe God to keep them alive and healthy so they won't be discovered reading a Bible. Which we got Bibles on, in paper, we got them electronic, we got them everywhere you can think of. We still just skim through them. You can't even get on your phone and read three scriptures in a row with, without going on Facebook trying to see who or, or checking your messages or playing around with some little game on there. You understand what I'm saying? I'm kind of like, well, I need to buy them. Get your paper Bible, get your real Bible out. Huh? <laughs> she funny. Some of them people say, you all say y'all got electronic Bible. On that phone you cuss people out on? On that phone you be sending them nasty text messages on that same phone? Get your real Bible out and bring it to church with you. Get off the phone. <laughs> you see how many ways the devil has to sneak up on us? You look at all you know, first the phone, we, they, not everybody had them. So you looked important cause you look rich cause you had a phone. I got a cell phone. You looking rich. Huh? I remember I, the first one I had was with them big old batteries in them. Remember you had to send them big batteries on the charger and, and I had to keep it cause you know who was alive then and he had to keep up with you 24 seven. What you doing? Well, yeah, <laughs> you never, you couldn't time him. I never knew when he was going to call. Never could figure that one out or I'd have been hiding. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? But anywho, you had to, <laughs> you had to be on the job. <laughs> he made sure everybody worked, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, but you know, we had them back in the day. I mean, that was like, what, in the mid nineties or something like that? Big old ugly cell phones. 
So as you know, it's not a big deal to me as a convenience, but it's a nuisance too. Then they got the smartphone, and I was still taking that big thing around. That's what people say. Is that your house phone? Smarty. Then you know the flip phone, all that kind of stuff. But you know they've they they've progressed, but we haven't. See, because we've grown right along with the phone. Everything they put on there is the stuff we want to, huh? I should ask some of them people with the phones that's always taking notes. Let me read your notes one time. Huh? They got stuff from Twitter on there, from Facebook. Oh yeah, I quit. I, I quit taking notes then. I was just listening real intent. Need to quit. But see, there's all kinds of temptations for us. Amen. Always, always. You got to look out. And I'm not saying don't have a phone. But I'm saying don't let it have you. Amen. That you own that thing. So be a be a king over that. Rule and reign over your cell phone. Rule and reign over your life. Rule and reign over your bathroom, over your kitchen, over your everything to rule and reign over these things. Don't let them rule you. Amen. Rule and reign at your job. All the more crazy sinners up there, most of them don't have. If you put if you combine their mental capacity, you wouldn't have enough to light a cigarette with. You understand what I'm saying? Sinners are just not real smart. That's why we left being sinners. Because life defeated us at every turn. You understand what I'm saying? So if you're a believer, you have authority in that place. It may not be functioning authority out front, but you can go in there and the minute you hit the door and before you get there, before you get out your car, you bind every devil, every witchcraft spirit, every intimidating spirit. Every spirit that would try to uh, put you in fear and take authority over all that stuff before you go in there and make that thing bow to you. Make that place produce for you and for God, you know, quit, quit letting life rule over you. So it says here, God has made to us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And that doesn't mean sometime off in the future. By faith, you rule and reign, period. Faith works everywhere. If it's not going to work now, it's not going to work 10 minutes from now or 10 years from now. It's working now in you. When you see things you don't like and some keeps bugging you to change it. When have you ever felt like that as a sinner? Most of the stuff we didn't even put it, raise an eyebrow to. It was all okay with us. You know, when you you are... Uh, you know, serving the devil, you don't even discern when something is good and when it's evil. You know, you'll see things and, and then you'll come to church and you'll mention it to somebody. It's bugging you. Huh? That's the first sign of being in rulership. If something bugs you and it won't leave you and you feel like you got to do something about it. And pretty soon you say, well, Pastor Shirley, I saw this on the news and I saw that on the news. And look what they're doing with, uh, you know, kidnapping kids here and doing this here. Can we pray? That's called kingship, folks. That's called rulership. That's called dominion. That, that's called having the power and authority to change it for good, to do something about it, to eradicate it and get rid of it. Need to start praying some of these lying media people off television instead of getting excited about what they say. All these old fornicators and liars up there trying to talk about somebody else is no good. Huh? 
They had two people sitting up there. She left her family. He left his. They sleeping together, call themselves engaged, and they running a news show and go talk about somebody else's lifestyle. It's a good thing I don't send email. You know, they're not going to read it anyway. But you know you can you can only hope. Uh-huh. Who are you? You without sin, then you cast a first stone. Sitting up there doing everything you think you're big enough to do. Craziness. So I got a list of about 24 people I pray for, and it's getting longer. I wish I could. I can't name them all. I said, Lord, please silence the voices of. Dum, 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 dum. Huh? Thank you. No more robbers and thieves, hoes, homongers in the White House, fornicators, etc. Boom, 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 boom. You got me? No more in government. Boom, 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 boom. Huh? And just keep ticking them off. And, and you'll see them, you'll see it change. I expect to see it change. I expect to see these people disappear. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because of this. I believe this scripture right here. He has made us to reign as kings and priests. Amen. Priest means that you can go before the throne and offer prayers, offerings, your words work. Huh? You minister over life down here on earth and you can do something about it do i care how long it takes it ain't my business how long it takes i'm not doing the work god's the one who's making it happen am i discouraged if it don't happen overnight no this is faith folks faith is never discouraged amen faith is always encouraged i say the answer's on the way i don't have to sit up and watch god and tell him what to do because i trust him and i know he's handling it Amen. All he needs is somebody down here to give it to him so he can handle it. And that's what the priesthood does. Amen. So he makes us to reign as kings and priests on the earth. It says, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousand, thousand. It's so many of them. It's just, you know. My goodness, so many of them. And they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. This is what he received and this is what we receive. Amen. There is a sevenfold blessing that God has conferred upon us in redemption. That he has received and given unto us power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So God has conferred upon us through redemption seven areas of improvement, blessing, goodness, beneficence, whatever you want to call it, in our lives because of redemption. Because of the blood of Jesus, you've received glory, honor, blessing. Amen. You've received riches. You've received wisdom, knowledge, all of those things. That all goes with the spirit of Christ that lives in you. See, when he gave his life, he was given authority over all things. He said, all power now is given unto me. 
in heaven and earth and under the earth. And so prior to that, he couldn't make that claim. Why? Because it had not yet been conferred upon him. The Bible says that he was given a name above every name. Amen. And the authority of all things. When he rose, he said, all power is given to me in the heaven and earth. And I give you the keys to the kingdom. Amen. So he's not going to come down here and make somebody leave you alone. You're going to have, you got a leave alone key on your chain somewhere. And you got to learn how to use that. You got to, you got to learn how to put that in the key, in the, in the, the uh, keyhole and make it work. Amen. You got a glory and a riches key on your, your key ring somewhere. And you got to learn how to fit it in and make it work for you. You know, you won't get anything without work down here. You have to work something. Work righteousness. That's kind of the easiest job that there is because most of it's pretty passive. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing the voice of God, letting him talk to you. You know, you don't have to do much to get that. Just keep pursuing it. If you don't hear him the first time, ask him to do it again. Amen. Ask him to do it again and again. Asking over and over again is persistence. It's not unbelief. Come on now. You you got to learn how to live where you live. If you got to sit up and bug God until he makes something real to you, then bug him. It's worth it. Amen. If he don't want you asking, he'll let you know. But most parents want to hear from their kids. Huh? So there's seven. We got a sevenfold blessing of redemption. Amen. It's that comes from uh, abiding in the truth of God's word. Amen. And it says in every creature which is in heaven and the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that is in them heard me saying blessing and ori- honor and glory and power unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. So those things are given unto your Lord forever and ever. There is no rescinding. Of his authority, there is no rescinding of his power. It's on him forever, and it's on you forever. Amen? We need to know that that God has given us, in giving us blessing, he has conferred upon us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Amen? So everything is already given. There's nothing you lack that you don't already have. You just got to believe that you have it. And then let God show you where it is, how to put it together, how to confer it on your, upon your life so that it remains on your life. Amen. We can't just walk into these things for a season and then walk out again. You need to continue going on in the things of God. There, there's really no mountain that you can't conquer with truth. In fact, most mountains really are ignorance. There's just, we lack knowledge. Amen. It's not, it's not something that can't be moved. It's something you, you lack revelation on how to deal with it. Amen. Now you can, you can say, well, I got a mountain of debt in my life. I got a mountain of this. You just don't know how to get rid of it. See, this is the problem. It's mostly ignorance, lack of knowledge. The Bible tells you in Isaiah five, it says my people perish for lack of knowledge. In other words, sin don't kill you. It's lack of knowledge for how to resist it. Okay, all right. 
See, you come to the church to gain knowledge. You come to church to gain knowledge of how to love God, how to make your life in, in Christ work. And so knowledge implies that you're going to put it into operation. See, if you can't go out of here today and meditate on something that was shared, you know, get past the, ooh, that word was good level. And really take it home and start thinking about it and see how it's going to apply to your life from day to day. Now, how do I implement this, God? You know, it sounded good when I heard it, but it's not going to do me any good if I don't really believe it by doing it, perform the doing of it. And so when we, we say we perish for lack of knowledge, it's actually um, lack of knowledge applied to our lives, putting it to work knowledge. We will be robbed of everything in life through ignorance. Amen. It's just true. There's so many things that we could get free in if we would understand and get knowledge about what's really going on, get an understanding of what the truth is, and, and get be, be people who are seekers of truth and seekers of God. Faith is probably the most powerful force in the universe. Now, we say faith, and see, the thing of it is, it's faith that works by love. So we know that faith is part of the spirit of God, but faith by itself is weak. If, If you could just sit in the word and start hearing and hearing and hearing and getting all the faith that you needed to do a lot of things, if it's not tempered by love, you'll go out and destroy something. So faith has to have some qualifiers there. It has to have some things that will help it stay on the right track in God. So faith then works by love. Faith in and of itself is dead. So faith has to be activated by action. huh? So faith is more of an action word than it is uh, something that's... Uh, 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 just kind of like an idea or a concept. There's some energy in faith. Faith is like uh, the end of a, a, a dynamite stick and you just got to be ignited. So love kind of ignites faith, causes it to go into action, causes it to go off in certain situations in your life. How do we generally activate our faith? Well, the first way it's activated is with our words. In prayer. When you pray your prayers, you are activating your faith. When you don't pray, your faith is sitting there by itself. All on. Alone, alone with the... I could be Marlena Dietrich if y'all let me, but you won't let me. That's alone. My faith is alone if I don't put it to work. See, y'all made me do that. Alone. Alone. You know what I'm saying. That's your faith. If you don't do something with it, if you don't pray, that's why, see, God's made it easy for us to stay in faith and not get up a road somewhere without a paddle. Mm-hmm. If you'll do what you're assigned to do. Huh? You pray twice a week with your prayer partner, your faith will stay alive. That's for all you people who get too busy to pray. Huh? 
That's why you, you wind up down a dead street somewhere. See, there's some people who really just want God in emergencies because they don't know how to trust him and more than that. And trust me, they will always have emergencies. And some people don't bug them. You know, it's like, (laughs) how can you live like that? Because it's better to live by faith, expecting good every day, instead of wondering when it's going to happen. When is this going to end? When is that going to stop? When is this going to cave in? When is that? Or some people don't think it's ever going to happen to them. When when it does, they doubt their salvation. Stop serving God, run away from the church. Go on Facebook, say bad things about y'all. See, y'all think they talking about me and Pastor Cheryl. They talking about y'all. They left you too. Huh? (laughs) See, that's when it's fun. When you start looking at the truth for what it really is. It's true. Huh? God God looks at you as more valuable than to go trying to chase after some people who have divorced him. You need to catch up with his thinking about you. He's got better things for you. Period. So there are no mountains really, just ignorance of how to conquer it. You just don't know how to conquer the mountain. We perish for lack of knowledge. The devil robs us through ignorance. Huh? That's his biggest weapon against us. If he see if he can lie to you and keep you away from the truth, then that's his biggest weapon. He really doesn't need to do anything else. He doesn't need to make you sick. Your ignorance of health of healing will do that. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't need to keep you broken poor. Your ignorance of how to manage finances kingdom through kingdom principles, they will do that. Amen? He doesn't need to do much of anything but keep you in a corner somewhere where you either refuse the truth, you don't believe that applies to you. This is where he keeps us in this exclusive box. That's for everybody else, but, to, you know, my situation is different. Huh? So if he can keep you exclusive, keep you excluded out of things, keep you sidelined somewhere and just looking at this big thing that's hard to overcome, he's got you. huh? He's got you. And that's ignorance. You don't know. See, you think that it's something else, but really it's not. It's lack of knowledge. There's always more that we can learn and understand and come to know about God that will help us get through these difficult periods, these struggle periods, these periods where things aren't working, they're not flowing like we know they're supposed to flow. See, everybody who has some God in them has a knowledge of, of things working well in life. Even sinners have that. But sinners, because of the curse, will come to that dead end where it won't work. 
but they just back the car up and look for another road to go down. That's that's the natural life. The ones who persevere in that and refuse to be discouraged will make it through. That's the faith aspect of it. But most people, when they run into that dead end, get out the car and leave it there and ask for a ride. Instead of staying in that car and making it work. They want to abandon the vehicle that got them there because they don't know what to do. See, it's just lack of knowledge. It's ignorance. See, there's always a way to supernaturally get that car to move. Now, I've been there. I've been, I've had cars and, and been left when I was a sinner and I've had cars as a believer and they work every single time because I refuse to live in ignorance. God gave that thing to me as a servant. You don't abuse your servants, number one. See, people get the wrong idea when you say that. Like you can treat your car any kind of way and it's going to work. That's not true. You don't treat your servants any kind of way and they work for you. You you love them and you care like the centurion that had the servant that was sick. He went all the way to Jesus to beg him to heal that man. Why? Because he loved him and he cared about him. He wanted him well. He was valuable to him. So when you have things that are valuable, you learn, you gain knowledge about how they work and you keep them running. You keep them working, man. You just, it's just something that you do. And so ignorance will rob us of many of the blessings that God has simply because when we get to something that looks immovable, we back up and we leave it and we think we need a tow or we need to call somebody that, you know what I'm saying, but all you need to do is ask God for the keys. God, you gave me keys to make my life work. What key do I use? If you don't have the right key, when next time you go to service, you have that request out there before God. And he will answer that question for you. He will answer that problem for you. Don't stay at home and put Christian television on. You get confused. You don't know which one of them crazy people to, to believe. And they put anything on there because they got to be on there all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So we perish for lack of knowledge. Faith is the most potent force in the universe. Why? Because it makes everything possible. (laughs) See? The things you thought were impossibilities, they are made possible with your faith. Faith in God will confer godliness upon your life. Faith in God confers godliness upon your life. So nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible to you if you use God's faith to obtain what you need. And when we say use God's faith, people think, oh, it's going to take forever. No, how do I do that? Well, the Bible says the word is nigh you. It's in your mouth and your heart. You just start speaking the word. If you don't know no word to fit fit your situation, you say, God, this is impossible for me, but nothing is impossible for you. Please come on the scene. Please tell me what I need to do. Guide my steps aright. Early will I seek you. Instead of rolling out of the bed mad because you got to go to church, seek him early. huh? 
Early will I seek thee. Amen. Why early? Because the word says so. We want to argue with everything. You know, well, I be seeking God, but it be in you in behind. You ain't seeking nothing. Uh, And the crime of it is there's nothing on television. Nothing that you can't get a repeat on because they don't make but three shows. Huh? I was like it, watching first time flippers because I like to see them people shock themselves, play with electricity or blow something up or, you know, somebody sawing one end, the other end, fall on their head, that kind of stuff. I like that kind of stuff, huh? Let them do it, not me. But you know, you sit up there and watch that for more than an hour and then they start repeating on you. So it's, you know, hey, you don't get but what I, and that's a good thing. Because then God will let you see how silly and boring that is. And you shut that down and go pick your Bible up. Or at least put some worship music on or something to break up that nonsense in your life. And little by little you start to really love God all the more. So faith is the most potent force in the universe because it makes everything possible. Faith in God confers his divinity on you as a human being so it makes you more than a mere person it makes you a god person faith works by love righteousness righteousness means that it cannot be stopped by any force that comes against it so if all hell comes against you let your righteousness speak for you let your righteousness come forward And do the talking for you. How do you do that? Not by bragging on yourself. But but by thanking God for his blood. That conferred righteousness upon you. Amen. Amen. That's what you do. You always stand in the blood. You don't stand outside of that. And think well I don't do this wrong. And I don't do that. You're a dead duck if you do that. And you're as good as dead. You try to figure out who's right and who's wrong. I didn't do this and I did. Well, I did that, but they made me do it. And I, you know, I would do better except for him. Just slap yourself and say, you know what? I probably messed up so much it ain't even worth talking about. And I'm so thankful that I am forgiven by the power of his blood. See, it's always by virtue of the blood that you're able to claim anything good in God. He shed that for you. So that your sins are not counted against you anymore. Amen. They are forgiven. So if you're sinless and righteousness speaks for you, there's no stopping the blessings of God from coming into your life. They come very quickly. They come consistently. As consistent as you are acknowledging the blood and repenting for your sins and asking forgiveness and forgiving others, that's how consistently God will pour blessings into your life. Mark eleven twenty four says that when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anybody. I don't care if it's the the slow people in the, the checkout counter. You'll let that goof you up if you, you're not diligent about this. You understand what I'm saying? You go home in a bad mood. You want to sit there and pout and tell everybody off and turn the phone. Let me turn my phone off first thing. I don't want nobody disturbed in my wickedness. I will be wicked all by myself. 
for the rest of the night. I don't want to be right. I don't want to look right. I don't want to act right. I don't want to talk right. Don't ask me to fix you no sandwich either. I burn that up. Huh? How you burn up a cold sandwich? Huh? Mm. I'm just wicked today. It's wicked, wicked, wicked. Huh? All things are possible with faith righteousness. The Bible says they believe God and it was counted to them as righteousness. Righteous faith is fully persuaded. It's not halfway believing. It's like one eye open and one eye closed. You know, the the closed eye is trusting God. The open eye is peeking in the natural. That ain't righteous that ain't righteous faith. You'll hurt yourself walking around like that. The devil will come on your blind side and knock you cuckoo. Huh? Well. We want to see something. You get to see it all right. Uh-uh. It'll be half right when it gets here. It's the truth. John fourteen twelve. I want to turn to there because it's talking about the works that Jesus has left us to do. John fourteen. He said, Verily I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. So we will do the same works as Jesus. Period. We're able to to impart truth to people. We're able to resist sin. We're able to resist the devil's temptations. Amen. All of those things we're able to do. We're able to to alleviate human suffering, do good works for God under the anointing of Jesus Christ. All of those. And he says, and greater works shall you do because I go unto my father. So he's sitting at the right hand of God, the father, proclaiming that we are to do greater works I don't I think once you're in righteous works that's the ultimate. So it's not like we're going to do something different than what he does, but greater can also mean in volume, frequency, intensity. There are things that Jesus can minister over for us sitting in the right hand of the Father that he couldn't do while he was down here on earth. So we saw a limited number of works through one man, 12 disciples, and we know 70 others, maybe 120 that he conferred the anointing upon. But then after a while, they all left him. You got me? So here, the works, because of he was here in the flesh and in the present tense with people, diminished his power somewhat. Now that he's ascended and all power has been given to him, he sits at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. So he's much more powerful as an intercessor sitting at the throne of mercy than he was when he walked the earth as a man. Got me? Just makes sense. There's only one of him and a handful of disciples to do all the work. Now that he's there, he can administer over many disciples throughout worldwide, throughout all ages, so that the volume and intensity of work 
that can be done. And he's not limited by anything except our cooperation with him, our prayers and our decision to go ahead and let him be the high priest that he is. Amen. And so he wants to do those things. So faith, if we believe on him, we will do his works. Just have to believe the way he wants you to believe. The gospel is the power of God when it is believed. In Romans 1, when it is believed. Romans 1, verse 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of power. See, not ashamed of power. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because this is why you should never be ashamed of power. Never. Because it is the power of God to all who believe. Amen. The gospel is the power of God to all who believe. The gospel is the power of God to all who believe. When I was first born again, I terrorized people that I knew. Why? Because the power was there because I believed. I believed I had had a true supernatural experience with God that changed my life forever. And that power compelled me to share it with other people. Period. When you believe in the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that power has to go somewhere. It has to go into somebody. It has to tell somebody. It has to affect what it's supposed to affect. So it becomes the power of God once it's believed in you. I totally believed that I have been a sinner first and that God came into my life and I confessed my faith in him to change me and I changed. So it w- it became the power of God to those who believe. Now, people say, well, there's a honeymoon period. Everybody does that. And then when you get wisdom, no. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, if you believe the gospel every day, that power is resident in you and is looking for a place to be released. The only thing God will do with you is perfect your targets. So you're not targeting everybody everywhere all the time, but you begin to cooperate with the kingdom where God, Jesus is in control and he knows how to direct you to places. But you've got to make yourself an instrument of his will to do that. And see, most of us sit around, we don't pray, we don't expect God to, to put us in front of anybody. We're looking for changes to happen everywhere, but except in us. But I'm telling you, once you receive and believe that you are a changed person, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. That believing empowers you to affect change in other people. It just does. What will short it out? If you get saved in a dead church and you stay there, they'll talk you out of that power. Because they'll put your salvation in jeopardy every time you do something wrong. 
Every time you do something different that's not edifying, when you go in, the saints look at each other and try to figure out who's living right, who's not living right, all that kind of stuff. You get out of religion. If you've been born again, you run out of religion as quickly as you can. Because it will take, see, the Bible says that the Pharisees in religion, there is a form of godliness that denies the power. It's the power the devil's after. So you get out somewhere where the power is real, where the power is encouraged, where the power is fed, where the power is, is, is released. And don't ever let anybody steal that away from you. Huh? God wasn't disturbed with me. You know, my husband tried to get embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. God wasn't embarrassed. And I wasn't either. Because there was something in me and I knew those people needed it and it would change them if they got it. Amen. And so when you know that when you are a believer, you are empowered by what you believe. That, that's, that, that, that's something that can never be taken away from you. But you'll mess around and not use it. If you let the devil get involved in your life and take that away from you. So as believers, we are empowered. It's how you use that power, how you let it grow. Whether you realize you are a king and a priest and that you reign in life. All that, that's got to be realized by you. He says that, that it, it is the power of God. Faith draws from the power of God. Where faith is released, power is released. You believe God is going to save somebody when you minister to them, when you talk to them, that power is released for them people to be saved. It's a difference between people who, who have success with and people who don't. It's faith. You can believe every time you go up to somebody and talk to them about God, they will be saved. You work that out with God. God, you know, I don't want my witnessing to be in vain. Now, I realize sometimes, you know, I can sow a seed, whether they, they receive it or not right now. is You know, you can cause that seed to grow more, but I don't want that to be every time. You understand what I'm saying? Let me be the one that brings in the harvest. You got me? And so once you get harvest mentality and you have a harvest mindset, God will make that a real thing to you. He'll make that harvest a reality. So faith, when faith is released, power is released. The woman with the issue of blood, when she came up to Jesus, she came up to him faith in faith, used her faith, and he said, I felt virtue go out of me. So when faith is released, power is released. Amen? He said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith pulled that power out of me. And every time faith is exercised, it pulls power out of God. God will empower you to overcome anything. If you'll let him, let him do what he needs to do in your life, he will empower you. Whenever faith is exercised, virtue comes forth from Christ. God is committed to deliver your promise whenever your faith is exercised. What you got to stop doing is letting the devil tell you it's not going to happen. See, it's what I call a dirty mind or a confused mind. You can pray a faith prayer and then your dirty mind will tell you it won't happen. 
because you you don't you don't have the you don't exercise dominion over your own thoughts and start to meditate on the word of God and say God I know it's going to happen you know I don't know when I'd like it to be soon you know throw in your little whatever you want I mean you're free to tell God whatever you want to tell him but but let God know that you believe him still that you're not siding with the devil. Uh-uh, devil, it'd be a long time before I get back on, <laughs> get back in your prayer line. Huh? <laughs> no, no thank you. No thank you very much. Amen? So when faith is exercised, God is committed to deliver. Amen? He must where faith is exercised. Faith is a spiritual weapon that always wins always wins let me look at one john one john five this is the victory i think that's one this is a victory that overcomes the world even our faith first john five four for whosoever is born of god overcomes the world i mean think about that you're born of god and you overcome the world why because the born again experience commits you to heaven and not to hell so you've already overcome the world just by your confession of the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. So if you've overcome the world on an eternal level, think what you overcome on a day-to-day level. The Bible says you tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing will by any means harm you. Oh, I think I ate something that messed my... No, you didn't. What you did is you bypassed the prayer, but we ain't going to go there. Oh, Barb, don't say that. Well, I pray over my food, but I do it while I'm swallowing it. I'm thankful. Once you just pause before you start shoveling it in. See, this is why the devil moves us from the dinner table to the front seat of your car. Pass them bags around. Everybody got a bag? Give me some fries. I didn't get fries this time. Okay, okay now wait a minute. Let's, let's pause and give God thanks. What you mean? Give me them fries. You say that every time I want some of your fries. Listen, nobody thanks God in the drive-thru. Or in the walk-up either, whatever y'all do. The devil has taken that from us through the vehicle of convenience. You're thankful for one thing, and that is that you ain't got to cook. They put so-and-so on the dollar menu now. Yeah, that's why your stomach upset. Not enough Thanksgiving, folks. Not enough sanctifying your food. You got to pray over it because the Holy Spirit lives in you. You do stuff to keep him happy. You think he feels good when your stomach is upset? 
Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That scripture actually can be translated as well. Faith comes by hearing from God or hearing the voice of God or hearing directly from God. There is what they call a rhema word, a now activated word spoken to you as you read the pages of the Bible. You you know, everything that you read when you read it doesn't come active and alive for you at that time. There's certain things we always say jumped out of you off the pages or it really spoke to you or, you know, you felt a witness in your spirit when you read that. That's what that means. It means that faith comes that way by hearing. Many of you know for a fact that you've witnessed to people, you told them about Jesus over and over again, and they've never operated and acted on the prayer. Amen. That makes it real. So you can say faith comes by hearing the word and hearing it over and over and over again until it comes active on the inside of you. Amen. They get a little bit of faith, but they're not what we call righteous faith. Righteous faith is really being fully persuaded. I mean, seriously, if you if you talk to somebody about the Lord, you know, they're not saved. They know they're not saved. They will say something like, well, I know I need God, but I ain't ready yet. Or um, let me think. Some other little classic excuses. Now that's good. That's okay for y'all people, y'all Christians. You go ahead and do that. But me and you, we going down different roads. You know, you on your path. I'm on my path. Well, they ain't on nothing. They on a dead end and they know it. But they're getting a little, they might listen to you a little bit. And that listening to is faith. But it's not the fully persuaded kind. The full persuasion will cause them to accept that word and embrace it as their own. So they will receive Christ as Savior and he will really come into their hearts and dwell in their hearts and the changed life will be evident. We pray with a lot of people that don't change. They haven't been fully persuaded. So through prayer, we can ask God to finish the job. Especially for family members. Father, send laborers to them. Bombard them with people. huh? Bombard them with laborers, witnesses that will tell them, Father, scatter the wicked from among my relatives. Scatter the wicked from among my children. Scatter the wicked from among those that I hold dear and I want to see come into the kingdom. You got me? You can always ask God to do that. The thing is, sometimes we're not fully persuaded. What we're really, what we lose sight of is if they don't receive Christ, they're going to hell. See that the impact of that is not as intense in us all the time so that we have that zeal. See, that's what you had when you first received Christ. You knew you were saved from hell and you knew you wanted other people to be saved too. And see, little by little, The world starts to press in on us. It starts to put a dampening on our faith. And we don't really act like we're fully persuaded that if they don't repent of their sins and come into the kingdom, they will die and go to hell. You understand? So then we're trying to figure out how to catch up with them on their deathbed. 
You understand what I'm saying? How to, you know, you want your relatives to be safe so they can live a blessed life. Why should they have to struggle for everything? Huh? You, you know, sometimes we need to say, God, help me to live before them in a way that's going to convince them that they need you to. Instead of always, you know, being okay with who we are. You understand what I'm saying? And, and they got to catch up somehow. Amen. Or lulling yourself in a false sense of security about them and think they saved anyway. Say people read the Bible. Say people go to church. Say people are interested in God. You can have a conversation about God with a saved person. Now, this is how I convinced somebody that their adult child was saved. I said, have you talked to your son recently? And they say, yeah. I said, honey, he sounds like you and me talking to each other. And see, for Christians, that should mean something. That should mean that we have fellowship one with another in the things of Jesus Christ. You got me? Until you can have that conversation with them, they ain't saved. For all you pretenders out there, you better hit some reality. You understand what I'm saying? And see, that attitude comes from compromise. Little bit by little bit, we bought into comfort in what we come, you know, claim our own salvation, but we don't have that gospel knowledge in us working all the time. The power of God unto salvation. You need to be smoking people that ain't saved. Huh? Everybody wants to be friends with everybody. I realized a long time ago people are not going to be friends. That was true for me when I was a sinner. People didn't like me when I was a sinner. And I was a nice person as far as sinners go. You know, I'm taking no crap off nobody, but, you know, I was a pretty nice person. I always wanted to do nice things for people and get along. Huh? So God will get you used to it from day one. You understand? It don't bug me to be by myself. It don't bug me. You know, a lot of things don't bug me. People say, well, she just mean. She don't like people. She don't like friends. Can you go out to dinner with me? No, I can't. I'm busy. Got a date. Have a permanent date with God. No, I don't go. You know, every now and then I'll I'll treat somebody to dinner. You know, I want to bless them. But it's not like I'm dying to get, you know, ask me to dinner cook for myself i don't even trust most of these stinking restaurants snotty nosed kids that don't have no home training bring your food out to you you want to throw holy water on the whole place and just go home come on y'all it ain't what it's cracked up to be and it's not that i don't love people (laughs) it sounded like it did it you understand what i'm saying but I'm not dependent upon somebody's liking me, taking me somewhere. And I wasn't that with my husband. I loved him. Uh, but he wasn't like that with me. There's <laughs> Get off of me. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. Give me some space. Give me some room. Be normal. So faith comes directly by hearing. Ask God to help your people be fully persuaded. 
so that they can come into the kingdom and start to live normally. Start to enjoy the blessings and the benefits. They're not just for us. And I believe the more blessed we understand we are, the more we'll want to share it with other people. So you need to be a person who appreciates God every day. A person who knows they're blessed every day. Your blessings don't take a day off. Every day you understand how what the miracle that you are. The miracle that your salvation is. The miracle that you're still in your right mind. You know, and, and able to walk. And for me, it's get up out the chair in less than 10 seconds. You know, instead of in inches. First, you go ankle deep, knee deep. <laughs> Every time I get out the chair, I go like this. Ta-da! Like the gymnast. Give me my score. <laughs> 8.9, You understand what I'm saying? It's like, ooh. But we working on it. Work the word on it. Everybody who followed God had access to his voice. And it wasn't just because it was the old covenant before they had a written word. Abraham had access to the voice of God. Amen. It says every time God would speak to him, he reiterated the same instructions he did before. That's kind of how you know it's God. You know, I know sometimes people get tired of hearing the same prophecy over and over again, but the one that don't line up with the rest of them be weary of. You understand what I'm saying? What that really means is that God does not change. He still wants you to be blessed. He still wants you to have this. He's being consistently God. Now, if you finish what has been before you, you will get some some different instruction, but it will always build on the last instruction he ever gave you. He always told Abraham, he says, I will make your name great. Your descendants will be as the sand of the seashore and the stars in the sky. You know, they'll multiply and all of that kind of stuff. He always gave him the same blessing over and over and over again. And to prove he was the same God to his his children, he gave them the same blessing. And he told him, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the same God. I reiterate the blessing to you so that you know I haven't changed my mind about blessing you. That's all you ever need to want to hear from God is he hasn't changed his mind. All the stuff you do, cutting up, messing up, getting mad at everybody, wanting to throw in the towel, backbiting, sinning, all the other stuff. He has not changed that he's going to bless you. He's still God and he's still going to bless you. He wants you to straighten up for your sake. You understand what I'm saying? We do it for our sake. Abraham had access to the voice of God. That's very important. Not everybody does. You can hear the word, but not hear from God. You ever see people like that? They know all the scriptures. They can out talk you scripturally, but still they don't know what uh, step to make, what nothing. Why? You can have the word void of relationship with the father. You can have written word. Look at all the Jehovah Witnesses can tell you all the scriptures can argue with you. When you try and give them a word to straighten them out, they'll argue with you and tell you more scripture than you know. Well, Satan knows scripture, too. You see what he did to Jesus? Jesus was his boss when he lived in heaven. And he tried to mess his head up telling him, well, if you're the son of God, do this, do that, do the other. 
you see. And so Satan knows any idiot, any, anybody can memorize. But only somebody who really loves God will obey his word. Because it's, it's tough to obey without love. And knowing he loves you. He tells you to give somebody money and they owe you money. He tells you to give it to them again. You know what I stopped doing? I stopped lending. I just started blessing people. Keeps you out of strife. Keeps you out of trouble. Amen. People say, can I borrow? No, I'll give it to you. Huh? Debtors borrow. You don't want a, a debtor owing you anything. Why? Because they don't pay back. All you're going to do is fall out with somebody you could have been friends with. You understand what I'm saying? Does this make sense to anybody? So y'all quit lending people stuff and quit borrowing from people. You go to God. If you need something, go to God. Pretty soon before the day is over, say to put that money in your hand or whatever you think you need. And sometimes God will make you stop having so many wants all the time. You should lack nothing. If the Lord is your shepherd, you have no lack. You have nothing but contentment. I always say, you know, you'll find out if people really want something or not. Put the money in their hand to pay for it and see what they do with that money. They will seldom get that thing they say they want so bad. They just want it because you got it. Get your own stuff. I mean, it's there for you. God will give it to you. The voice of God cures doubt. That's why prophecy is so valuable. The Bible tells us to despise not prophesying because it removes doubt. So many times we think prophecy is supposed to tell us something new. What it does is it builds up what we already know because it's necessary. Now, see, if we were all perfect going into the word and building our own faith, we need, wouldn't need the prophet to come and tell us some things. But God does it because he loves you. Here's an added gift to help you solidify what you believe in me already. It's not supposed to bring. We ain't like the mediums. You know what I'm saying? Where they want to bring you something new. And You understand what I'm saying? You don't need that. Something new. and Oh, they told me something I never heard before. I'm going to tell you something else you ain't never heard. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to slap yourself and. Get yourself together right. You let people take you to hell for these little fantastic things they want to tell you. So the voice of God cures doubt. That's why you need to hear it over and over again. Huh? We prove, we can prove God spoke by acting on what it is and it comes to pass. His God said is all it takes. God said to the heart of a believer is all it takes to build your faith. So God's voice is part of the stronghold of faith. Amen. That, that, that means you must have relationship with him. You've got to let him talk to you. You've got to ask him to speak to you about things. God spoke Moses to Moses directly. It caused Moses to confront somebody who could have killed him. He was still wanted for murder in Egypt. Now the old Pharaoh had died, but.
But that didn't mean somebody couldn't still bring charges. If there were any witnesses around that wanted to bring charges, they could have. But the voice of God caused Moses to go into a place that he fled. He had previously fled and overcome and overthrow the leader. So the voice of God removes all doubt from you that you are who God says you are. You are immovable, unshakable. You're full of faith. You you don't have any doubt anymore. Moses had a church of three million whining, complaining, no tithing, no giving. Huh? Garlic breath people. I just threw that in because it's true. Huh? Israelites longed for Egypt. They said, at least we could eat the garlic and the leeks. Egypt, Egyptians didn't even give them food. They made them eat roots like that. So, don't ever complain about your ancestors' slavery. Just stop it, okay? And let's be redeemed people and keep living, please. Huh? We weren't the first slaves ever. It won't be the last. There are people who are enslaved now in this world. Y'all free, so let's be free. Amen. Amen. Cut that out. Moses led three million people into the sea. How would y'all like it if I said, oh, we have a church in uh, at, uh, down, downtown at the port of Cleveland. We're going to walk across Lake Erie to Canada next Sunday. Huh? I could hear y'all on the phone. Did you hear what she said? I just, she, she done lost it again. I knew she going to go crazy again one day. She stayed in that Bible like that. She don't never go nowhere, talk to nobody. She just stay up in that house all the time. Uh, yeah, he moved three million people out into the sea and got them all across. Amen. As on dry land. Why? Because he heard and believed the voice of God. See, we think when we read our Bible, it's just dry. We got to do this. Put in my, my I got to get a chapter read, if that. Most of us do good to get a verse. Huh? Serious. You don't even give God a chance to talk to you. And that same sanctified phone you keep in the sanctuary. Huh? Won't even look at it to read a verse. Want to bring it to church, though, and make like that's your Bible. Cut it out. Moses did all of that because he heard directly from God. To God's people, his voice is irresistible. You got to believe it and you got to obey it or it will haunt you. Worse than your mama telling you to get up out the bed. You know, a lot of people have have issues with their their upbringing because people say, well, their parents were really cruel and very stupid father was very stern and you supposed to be able to hear his voice now because you gonna hear his voice to make you get up and go get a job as long as you live and i hope you do it's the same thing with god's voice his voice of authority speaks to us even now to get up and do what god has told us to do if you don't have that voice talking to you you're not going to be able to be motivated to do much of anything don't keep drowning out every voice that has authority in it. Learn how to embrace it. 
We cannot help speak what we have heard and seen. It's what the disciples said. You can't help it. Why? Because you have faith in the irresistible voice and power of God. Amen. His voice, it shakes, it, it control. It is a voice of many waters. His voice rules in majesty. It thunders throughout the earth and in the heavens too. How are you going to resist that? Huh? It's irresistible to his sheep. His sheep know his voice. Another they will not follow. Some of you are in a holding pattern because you're waiting either to hear from God or have him repeat what he told you or start meditating on it, mixing it with faith. Have that argument. Fight it out between you and God. God, if I do that, what's going to happen? If I do that, this is going to happen. Just duke it out until he wins. And he motivates you to get up and do what you're afraid to do. Many times we let fear rule instead of letting faith rule. We need to get into the realm of the unshakable faith that becomes a stronghold in our lives so that nothing is impossible because we have mixed our humanity with God's divinity. And we are God men and God women. We rule and reign with God in the earth. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for what you have done to us today and putting your spirit and your life in us. Thank you, Father, for your irresistible word. Your voice thunders. And it is a voice of many waters. Father, your voice roars. It thunders. It moves us. It moves the earth and it moves your people. We are your people. You know we are, we're, we're mere mortals until we come into contact with the living God. So we will, will obey and we will respect your voice. And we thank you for loving us, helping us, instructing us, telling us what to do, always encouraging us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If you need prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.